All right, back like we never left. It's your man Kyle Means here. War Media, the Empire continues to thrive. We are RegalRadio.com, War Ready on Substack, and of course, War on Anchor. You can see on the bottom of the screen, that's where you can listen to this podcast. If you uh, don't see all of it here on YouTube, but uh, thankful for all y'all who uh, will check us out this evening on YouTube. I think we got a pretty good show coming back after about a three-week layoff. Uh, Guys have held it down for me with a couple episodes uh, uh, earlier in the month. And, uh, of course, uh, you can check out Drew and Josh building on their own on uh, the latest episode of in the scope which is up now on our our, all our uh yeah platforms and stuff so uh good uh good looking on that one with y'all you guys uh glad to have you here tonight stormy night in the city so you know not not no reason for us not to chill inside and build with each other and uh we're not gonna be alone tonight we're also gonna have a special guest uh, really, uh, a big, uh, you know, friend and a, and a mentor in a lot of ways, and a guy who's uh, been a lot in the digital space and sports and uh, and uh, you know, writing and everything and challenging, cause uh, you know, challenging a lot of, uh, cause you know, uh, mainstream thought I would, he would say, but. Uh, Definitely a guy who's prolific and uh, knowing none other than Michael Tillery will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, he's been uh, contributing a lot to sports Kita, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about that and about a lot of other stuff that uh, has been going on in the NBA that he's been writing about recently, including uh, Ben Simmons. You know, uh, Mike is uh, the man out there in Philly. So, uh, you know, that's the, like the, the one remaining Big string that's uh, going that's that's left in this NBA offseason. We also have one here in Chicago with uh, 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 Lori Marketing, but uh, you know we'll see uh, go over some of these some of those things and some of the things that have happened in our time away in a minute. But uh, no, just uh, starting off, you know, uh, guys, how how things have been with you and everything. Everything is pretty good, man. Pretty good. Can't complain too much, man. Um, glad we all, like you said, able to get together and, and build together. It's been a minute since three of us have been together, even longer since we, we've had our fourth man um, on a break with us. But I'm happy that we we here in the here and now. Definitely, definitely. Josh, uh, you've been you've been getting around uh, a, a little bit. I've been helping you get around myself. But uh, you, know, you got to the to the Shy League. We're gonna talk about that in a minute, is in a little bit later in the show as well. The Shy League, uh, the games over at, at Chicago State. You know, we was kicked it at the Big Three a couple weeks ago. Uh, you know, how that thing been with you lately? Man, it's been good. Um, just getting the exposure out there. That's all for the most part. Uh, always nice reconnecting with with old friends, old old guys, and then making new ones. So uh, that's pretty much what what that's been all about as of as of late for me. 
So it, it's all good. Has it been a lot of all I ain't seen you in a minute and all that type of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely some of those for sure. Um, but it was great to see uh some of our brothers in the game and uh come out there and support the Shy League and then just be able to catch up. Um, especially since it's been a while since we've seen them with the pandemic and everything. So it was right. good, good times. Right. And you know, going to I put I put the title a, a title on this episode already. Uh, basketball slows down, sort of like a play on that. Uh, you know that basketball never stops. Uh, low uh, saying and campaign that Nike had. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, so this is like like basketball sort of has slowed down at this point in in late August. You know, coming off of the frenzy of free agency and everything earlier in the month and you know the season was pushed back you know everything was pushed back a month because of uh scheduling and, and reaction you know ongoing impact of covid in the in the uh pandemic and everything you know pushed everything back a month so you had basketball competition square in the summer like it uh has rarely been but uh, you know, now things are starting to slow down a little bit. You still only got like a month before we get back to training camps and stuff. But it's still a time here where the game is sort of, you know, allowing, you know, sort of uh, chill. You know, everybody's sort of chilling a, a little bit right now, sort of guiding, you know, getting a, a grips of things. And you know, as far as the league goes, and you know, in particular with with the NBA. Well, I, I guess, and I guess you could say it's with college and high school too. On all levels, we're gonna get back to regular schedules and regular calendars uh, when we, you know, we get uh, back deeper into the fall. You know, you look at the NBA; they released the schedules last week, the national schedules, and each individ each team's individual schedules. And we have again a, an 82 game schedule to look forward to. And uh, you no know, game starting in uh, sort of the back half of October, and um, you know the the All Star game is going to be back in February this year, mid February after uh, being in March earlier this year. So, you know, with the the normalcy is there. Uh, you know, as far as the upcoming uh, pathway for basketball, but we, you know, hopefully nothing will mess with that. But uh, you know, that's a good that's a good place to start. I guess with the uh, release and everything, you know, I, I'm sure you guys took a look at the Bulls and everything, and but you know, you had the Christmas game, the typical stuff that we pay attention to, the Christmas games and the national games, which what teams get uh, what and everything, and you know, the Bulls uh, got about 12 games overall that are going to be nationally televised, but seven of them are. You know, uh, NBA TV, which is cool, but it's you know those are like dual broadcasts. It's not like it's different from that TNT and ESPN broadcast. But Bulls got about five, uh, four of the ESPN broadcasts and one TNT broadcast, uh, for that matter. But uh, I don't know, uh, you know, beyond that, or or you know, building off of that, or beyond that, what what were your thoughts or anything that jumped out of? Of, of interest to you guys about the schedule. I guess they don't appreciate all the Bulls moves of them on a super big prime time stage. I mean, because 
one would think, especially with the Knicks and the success that they've had, and I think I saw mm-hmm. a post about this, but with the Knicks and the success that they had this past year, they're running it back. You did get Kemba Cardiac Walker in New York. I mean, that's the big name in, in, with the Knicks, right? Along with Derrick Rose in your backcourt. And then now you have the Bulls who made all these moves to create an ideal quarter to top 10, big three lineup. In the, in, in the NBA with Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. And then now you don't want to put them on a big stage where you can have a Bulls versus Knicks or something like that on one of them top high rate uh, stage, mainstream stations. I don't know. I just feel like the Bulls just got disrespected in a way, um, especially we talk about the TNTs because we're like the kings of TNT. We haven't lost a TNT game in years, right? Um, and not to mention... Well, that's, we haven't been on TNT in about five years, but true. <laughs> but yeah, I, but yeah, the T, the TNT the TNT Bulls run has been legendary. But yeah, the, it's unfortunately they they haven't been able to put that back to the test in recent years, and this apparently won't will be will only have one chance this year. The Bulls will, uh, you know, it's a good game. It's going to be the, the the Martin Luther King Day game in Memphis. So you know that'll be a, a nice showcase, but it would have been nice to see them more, see them on a couple of Thursdays or something, you know, with the with the regular crew and stuff. Yeah, nah, no doubt. I'm with you on that, man. I I thought that the Bulls might might sneak into a Christmas Day game with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of storylines with that. I don't really need have to go into that, but. Um, aside from the, the yeah, they went with the play. They went with the playoff story. Like it's Atlanta, right? With the Knicks, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But outside of the Bulls, in terms of the, the national tele- television schedule, particularly the Christmas Day schedule, the NBA didn't schedule Jokic. Um, yeah. the Miami Heat on the Christmas schedule, so that kind of disappointed me. The fact that um, the NBA didn't perhaps give any thought to putting the two guys who were kind of the MVP front runners last year and Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic having those two guys score off in the, in the Nuggets Sixers game would have been huge. Again, you got storylines, you got two of the best big men, if not the two, the, the, the two most dominant big men in the game going head to head with each other. That would have been um, awesome to see. And um, I don't know, man, I just, I, I think what the Heat did this off season, um, and kind of just going off of, you know, the bubble run that they had. I know they, they went off in, in in the playoffs. Really, really kind of whack, man. They got <laughs> they got uh, beat pretty handily. But I thought that they would for sure make an appearance, given them picking up Kyle, Kyle Lowry and picking up PJ Tucker. But I mean, I don't know. It is. I guess it is what it is, man. I mean, it's, it's you know. There's a there's a good number of spots, but it's only so many still, you know. It, it, ten, ten, five games, ten, uh, you know, ten uh, teams, of course. And but you know, there's a lot of teams who you know you could have that interest in to want to watch on the on the showcase day like that. It's but it's it's D day for as far as the regular season goes for the league, so they're they're pretty choosy about that. It looks, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that the champs even. There aren't even the champs aren't even in like the prime block of game, because like the Bucks are. Uh, I'm trying to get the 
get the list out, but the Bucks are like in that early afternoon game, that first ABC game, mm-hmm. and then you have the two the the prime block. I I would say, I think you'd agree with is the late afternoon game and the and the seven o'clock game that are both on ABC. And um, at the seven o'clock is an ABC and ESPN, and that of course typically has LeBron in it. This year has LeBron against. Uh, again, I don't know. Do any of y'all have it? I'm trying to get it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, they uh, they got the Nets and Lakers. Okay, yeah, Nets and Lakers. That so that yeah, they're looking at it as the the finals preview. The pre- and that's something I kind of want to talk about because with the the league, everybody is back to the Lakers Nets stuff. Like <laughs> those damn the Bucks, but you know uh, that's that's a discussion I think for we'll have ongoing. Going into the season, but but uh, yeah, Bucks and Bucks and I mean, you, I mean uh, excuse me, uh, Lakers and Nets in the primetime game. You can't understand that though. And the game before that is what what the it's like the Suns and uh, Warriors, I believe. Yes, it is. Yep. Yeah. So the Warriors always an appeal there. The Suns, you know, got a lot of attention, of course, getting to the finals, but they weren't the winners though. But but also you're we're talking about. The West Coast, so not necessarily gonna have them play at one thirty. So, you know, but uh, <laughs> it, it's a little funny though that the Bucks aren't even in that prime, in, in, in either one of those prime games. But they, uh, the Bucks, who are the Bucks playing? They're playing um, the Celtics, which is a weird, yeah. that's a weird add-in. I mean, I, I get it that they got uh, Tatum and they have um, Brown. And they made moves to to get um, shooter in there, um, but it's just I don't know, man. You could have put like we talked about. We could have put Denver in there. Could have put Philadelphia, Miami. Um, I mean, I'm not mad at them putting the Celtics in there. I just I don't even know if I'm gonna watch that game. You know, yeah. <laughs> right? You gonna yeah? You gonna you know, that's the game. That's the game where you you could. Talk crap with your with your family. You getting your family together, and y'all just, you know, uh, you know, talking and everything while the TV in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something happened that's wild, then you look at it. Oh damn, look at that! But otherwise, it's 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 just in the background, you know. Yeah. Or or that's the that's the travel game. That's when you go on your way to your people's house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you travel. Yeah, you traveling about one, two o'clock. Get there about three or four. <laughs> and you know, yeah, that's the travel game. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> but I want to throw something up too. Josh mentioned the big three. Uh, he's talking about the Bulls, like, and uh, there was a thing, uh, a Bleacher Report list recently of big threes, and you talk about Boston. Boston in that list made an honorable mention along with. Uh, they, they, the big three. They, the writer, uh, Zach Buckley. I'll put the link up too in a second. But uh, he had Boston as an honorable mention with uh, Tatum Brown and Marcus Smart, who recently uh, secured an extension. One of the, one of quite a few big extensions been secured in the past month. The Mavericks, Nuggets, Clippers, Blazers, all are. Uh, honorable mentions, but then he has the the top ten proper, and he has the Bulls in there at ten. So that this is you know this is a this is a writer who's given 
that big three, uh, the Bulls, acknowledging the Bulls have a big three and giving them some respect there. So, I mean, it, I guess it's just going to be a thing that the Bulls are going to have to show it throughout the season. But some people are recognizing already. Yeah. My bad. Go ahead, Josh. No, nah, I was going to say, I was saying it's not enough. I mean, it's to the point where you have those critics that from these report that say, okay, Bulls have a big three. One of the best in the league. All right, cool. And you have other people like ESPN that are like, oh, DeMar DeRozan was the worst pickup of the offseason. And stuff yeah. like that. And it's like, come on now. Like, this is the, like, the reality is at the end of the day, the Bulls are way better than they were less, at, at last year or any point in time since the Garpacks era. That's really pretty much what it is at this point. You had your solidified star in Zach Levine, who just won gold and became an all-star this, this past uh, year. You do have now you have another all-star you compare with DeMar DeRozan, that named DeMar DeRozan, who can do a lot of things to lift the load off of Zach Levine, especially offensively. Then you have Vucevic, who quietly last year had close to 25 points a game and 25, and I think it's 11, 12 boards while shooting 40% from three. I mean, look, that's the ideal big three that at least, especially in the Eastern Conference, should be playoff bound. And not just playoff bound, but like, and all honestly, shouldn't even be in the playing tournament. They should be getting there pretty, pretty easily. So if that is the case, and you acknowledge that that is a big three that's respectable in the league, what about prime time? Give them more opportunities, man. Like, give them more opportunities because that's what they want to want to watch. Zach Levine is a star favorite. People love to watch Zach Levine. People love to watch the Bulls in prime time. It's always been that way historically. So why but not add to that? The Bulls why? have the Bulls have a national. The Bulls are one of the few teams that have a national fan base, exactly. you know, because of the '90s and everything. Even mm-hmm. even though it's been 20 years since since uh that the bulls still retain a national fan base so like you say josh they get good ratings when they appear when the bulls are contending there's a certain buzz that that exists in that so but you know i think with the league right the the league also has its sweethearts and it seems like you know there's they're not off of the golden state train yet they're definitely not off of lebron train yet and uh, the Nets are pretty, you know, pretty hard to overlook in, in the East and stuff. And you know, there, there was a, there's a, there's a, a graphic that I saw of the, the, uh, the teams like how the, uh, the number of national games they got. Like there's like four of them got 25 a piece, and you know it goes all the way down to a few that got like one, a, a one at least one, and I think. I think they just got to be they, they need to do more to be to spread out the the showcases like like the NFL does this pretty good. They sort of they they make sure that all their teams have at least one Monday night game or Sunday night game on their schedule. But the NBA sort of just, you know, allows a few teams to bogart all the the Thursday night games or the Saturday night games or Sunday afternoon games. and Back in the 90s, you could see why they did that because, you know, of course, they were relying – in the 80s and 90s, they were relying on a few different guys to power the league and promote the league through, you know, of course, Bird and Magic and Michael. 
and uh, you know the bad boys in some way as a as an opposing team. But now I think the, the, the with the spread of talent now across the league and the way that that NBA uh, fans and media follow the league, we want to see more diversity in the matchups with the showcases and stuff. And I mentioned that uh, that graphic it had like a it was like a a pyramid of the teams and how you had the top teams on down. And at the bottom, I couldn't help but notice a team like Sacramento that only had one. Now you talk, you know, a lot of people make fun of Sacramento, but if you a real hoop head, you recognize the talent on a team like that and be like, man, I would love to see them like match up. Like you don't, you know, you don't put Sacramento against Minnesota, which is another interesting team potentially. But you put those teams up against uh, Phoenix, you know, Minnesota against Phoenix or Sacramento against the Lakers a couple terms and just show, showcase those teams in, in those, you know, sort of potential statement games. And you have, and you, you, like I say, you have a chance for those lower teams to make a statement and you're providing that showcase for these great individuals like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and uh, Edwards up in Minnesota and uh, Carl Anthony Towns that would appeal to us who really follow the league and want to see these young talents be uh, showcased and, and and get their time in the sun. And the same, like I say, same can be said for the Bulls. Bulls are more in that middle area, but, you know, uh, instead of, like, why wouldn't you have the Bulls Nets be a, a Thursday night game or the Bulls Sixers? Bulls Sixers, uh, we played a pretty nice game with them on ESPN last year on a Friday. And, you know, that was a pretty exciting game. And, you know, why wouldn't you schedule that again? You know, I don't know. I, I think you make a great point, especially when you when you brought up you know, maybe some of these lower tier teams playing against some of the higher tier teams. Because then you have that whole yeah. spotlight, like you said, a statement game where, you know, a, a Kings team or, you know, a Rockets team or maybe even a Pelicans, yeah. you know, they want to play up to the level of competition, you know. And the incentive for the, the big boys of the league is there because they're on national TV. They don't want to, you know, quote unquote, be made a fool out of, out of, out of a team that, you know, is, is, likely going to be fighting for their play-in lives. But um, the way that fans kind of watch the league now, I, I do feel like more people know about more players on every team. Um, you know, you still have casual fans, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. But the way that analytics play a part in, in how we kind of view the game or – uh, inform ourselves about some of the better players or better teams in the game. Like, yeah, you you hit it on the you right on the money with that man. And the, and the, the casual fans, that's who you you want to gear things for in the playoffs and the finals. Mm -hmm. The hardcore fans are the ones who watching Friday games on ESPN and Thursday games. They stand up at midnight to watch, you know, and, and watch eat watch, watch inside the NBA afterwards. That's those are the hardcore fans. You not uh, other people got jobs. And to kind of to kind of shift it back back to the Bulls, I, I am surprised um, they weren't 
giving more national TV games. Now, granted, they've got more than they had last year, um, but it, but in you know taking into account the moves they made this this summer, um, how they've been talked about more in the national media, do you think they get more coverage? But at the same time, maybe it's maybe it's a, a, a gift and a curse. You know, it adds to the chip on the shoulders of the Rosen and Vucevic, sure. who, you know, while they are talented players, have never really been labeled as winners because of one reason or another. You know, uh, for better or worse. So, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, chalkboard material out there for them to kind of put the battery in their backs for this season, and we'll see if they can they can prove the doubters wrong. And the chem the chemistry is there for the for the Bulls as of now. I gotta mention this before we bring Mike on, but uh uh there's a headline came across today about DeRozan shouting out Zach Levine in a song he did with a uh, problem, uh West Coast MC. And uh uh yeah, Rob Schaefer wrote about this in uh for NBC Sports Chicago. And um yeah, he, the the line uh, apparently is move to the windy city, top five. We're gonna win. Zach Levine from the line. All you clowns on the pine, count it out just fine. Okay. Uh, hey, you know keep trying. You know, so I didn't know the Rosen was rapping like that, but we 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 traded one wannabe rapper and, and Denzel Valentine and got another one. So. But at least you know the Rose's points per game is going to be uh, better than his rhymes. So uh, <laughs> I, if, if 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 one of y'all wanted to shout another runner out on a, on a rap, what would <laughs> what would the uh, what, what would be the first one you shout out? I don't know. That'd be a good one. I feel like I feel like I'll probably do the mine. Just because, you know, D being here since I was in the beginning and how he recruited me here, uh, probably will be D. And then I'll probably talk about D and Davis. Blue check tone. Got to put blue check tone in there. So it's like a process. I, I, I think I'll do. I think I will go by the process of who I met and really linked up with as I got to up to here, which was, you know, you, Kyle, D, Ken, Tone, Sid. He's going to rap about everybody. I'm going to rap about everybody. I'm about to do a whole war song. Like, <laughs> I'm about to do a whole war song, just put everybody in that joint. Everybody that used to write or produce, whatever, just put them all in there. Be like, be like Last Call, Kanye. Yeah. Very much so. Well, he's yay now. He's 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 been styled that trademark to change the legal name legally to yay. So we gotta call him just yay. It's not kind of um, I can't keep up with him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. um, I don't know, man. It had to be probably one of y'all, one of y'all two guys, man. Being that I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the uh, part of the family yet. When you know you don't have as much history. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm kind of coming on late to it. That's cool. I, mean, <laughs> I I'm a I do like Ice Cube and just air all y'all out. Damn, um, no <laughs> <laughs> Vaseline part two. 
<laughs> I can't even be mad at it, man. No, I'll just play. <laughs> we got Michael Tillery here, man. I don't this this a guy I'm not gonna diss rap anytime soon. The big homie. How you doing, Mike? What's going on? First time on, on running with Wool. He's been he's been on Regal programming, of course, but uh first time on this particular show. We glad to have you, man. How you doing? How y'all doing? What's up, good brothers? All right, how you doing, What's man? Up, man? How you doing? Right. right. Good to meet y'all. Same here, same here. Likewise. Mike, what's, what's your favorite dish track of all time? Uh, Jack the Ripper. Okay. That's old, that's old school, man. Yeah, Jack <laughs> the Ripper. I used to bang that on little, like, cassette joint, and I used to also record songs off the, you know, the, off the airwaves. So, yeah. I had that, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was uh Mantronics um got to have your love uh uh um it was that track and it was uh, uh what was her name uh the song called Love is Contagious you know um let's, let's, let's get back to what's for me now <laughs> yeah I mean you know I'm you you took me back when you said <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I you know, uh, no Vaseline, cool. I ain't like hit him up. You know what I'm saying? I, um, and Pox my man. But um, you know, go go back to L and just the whole thing with the uh, everybody else back then, man. Um, Kumo D and yeah, you know. I'm getting gray hairs talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Man, you, I don't know. You, you said Jack the Ripper real quick. It came yeah. back fast. Like that's, yeah, a, legend, that's a legendary beef, though. I mean, it's in it's in heavy rotation still. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> what, what do you think about Barley? Like you see, where is that coming from? That's the baby trying to do. Yeah, that's just downstairs. At the baby, man. <laughs> no. the baby, want to shout out. You know, I'm pop pops now. That's just, you know, that's right. Well, it is. I got another one coming September 8th, man. It was like plop, 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 plop. <laughs> you know, so yeah, gray hairs. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey that's that just, that's that's wisdom, man. That's wisdom. <laughs> that's wisdom. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I was going to say, what do you, I, you, like, you've been around a long and, and you, you've had, you know, run ins with people like I, AI who, Who's dipped into, you know, rapping and stuff? What do you think about this ongoing fascination with, you know, ball players trying to rap and stuff like that? I mean, it's the it's it's the opposite. You know, the rappers want to be ball players, so definitely. You know, I mean, we we all we all like to do what we can't do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, mean, I remember being this. Is, I remember being in L.A. This is a as a fan. This is. February of 2001, it was uh, well, a couple of days after that Super Bowl, that the Titans ran Super Bowl. So okay. uh, I had on an Air McNair jersey, and I walk into Staples, and I look up, and I see Isaac Bruce, you know, just sitting there. And like, I'm a fan, you know what I'm saying? I just first My first time in L.A., we had drove from Vegas. I mean, we... we he was excited, right? So I walk up to him. I was like, "Can I have your autograph?" And he looked at me. He's like, "You know what I'm saying?" So finally, he gives it to me in a, in a penne work. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, mm. 
fuck you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, I'm trying to pay you homage, even though I'm wearing Aaron's jersey. And, you know, he was on some... Y- y'all won a Super Bowl. Y'all didn't lose it. You know? I, right. You should have so, been the... Yeah. You know? Been salty. Yeah, but, but anyway, it was, uh, you know, KG versus Shaq. And Shaquille O'Neal was just so huge. Some I mean, of his feet was so gigantic, and it was so white. The sneakers, and um, you know, Lisa Leslie kept walking by, and I turned around and bumped right into Vanessa Williams, and almost fainted. <laughs> you know what I mean? I almost fainted. But listen, her sister is better than her. What? Yeah. Oh, she was in. It was crazy. I don't, I don't, you know, you, you I don't. You about to me start googling, man. I'm scared, <laughs> man. What's she been? Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, she, she was yeah, she looked a lot like her. I don't even know where I got in this story. Well, I'm, I'm delirious, y'all. I've been writing. I've been writing like three features a day well, for the last week. Yeah, let, let, let's get into that, man. Because you know, a big part of why I asked you to come on. Was like you really been pumping out a lot of work with Sports Kita uh, mm-hmm. since you know, just like I've only seen you writing for them for the past couple weeks, but you've had like multiple, multiple uh, articles out with them each, each uh, week, and it's, it's really like a treasure trove already of discussion that I've seen from you know the, the subjects that you've taken on, a lot of historical stuff as well as current stuff. And uh, you know, if you just want to talk about the work that you're doing right now, like, like you know, f- for those who don't know, like, this man, like I said, is a is a pioneer in a lot of ways. A really uh, a a guy who's broke through a lot of doors for people like us, who you know, independent media, black media, you know, sports, independent sports, you know, independent thinkers in sports world. And um, you know, Starting5.net is a legendary website. He's broke some great stories on on that, and there's some exclusive interviews with some some big names and everything. He's done work with people like Chuck D, Rap Station. Like he, like Mike has done it all, and he's done it, you know, like you know, without compromising, compromising anything. So, you know, we first we give you that respect and that and those flowers, but you know, just to have you, you know, at doing this doing this new work now and just really putting yourself out there is a is a really cool thing to see but just in your words you know you want to talk about what you're doing now and what what the focus is now all right so for the last three years i've been writing a book called dream come true and dream come true is a horror fantasy um basically it's uh murdering of all white supremacy that's ever existed everywhere you know what i'm saying unapologetically by uh, a character who was reborn um and he mails with a human character um his name is master lincoln and you know the, the banter in between them as they're together is is kind of hilarious but they're basically just going through time and smashing everything like it in all kind of different ways um, I need my people to unapologetically rid themselves of this PTSD. You know, the only way to do that is to cauterize it, you know, and I don't care who likes it. You know, 
it's something that I have to get out of me. Um, because what, what was happening in this, this sports realm is, um, I, I, I was seeing too much, you know what I mean? I was, I was learning too many things that uh, kind of ruined the, the 12-year-old little leaguer in me. You know what I mean? It was, it was just horrible, you know? And what happened was, you know, after I interviewed Skip Bayless, it's still the most hit piece on my site. It was a three-hour interview. I wanted to get everything out of him. And all of that interview is what's happening now on two stations, right? And what happened to with, with me is I'm a writer. I'm not a journalist, but I'm a writer. So hearing how sports was becoming this debate thing back and forth. You know what I mean? It, it like, it ruined the writer in me. You know, it was like, I can't, I can't write this bullshit. Sorry, y'all. But, no, you good, you good. You know what I'm saying? I, I said, I can't, I can't do it. You know, and then I got into this thing where I'm texting Skip Bayless every time he's saying something crazy on, on first take and it, it, I had to say to myself, you have to rid your soul of this negativity. So the only way to do that is to just stop watching ESPN. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just stopped watching ESPN, you know, and it's a shame because a lot of my friends are on there. You know, a lot of my friends work there, you know, and it's, it's no disrespect to them at all, but it's just more about the, the programming, you know, entertainment sports network, you know? So, um, I, I, I sat back, man. Like I said, I became a grandfather, um, foster, uncle, you know, just be, went back into civilian life um, and, you know, had season tickets to the, to the Sixers, you know, right behind Meek Mill. <laughs> so him and, uh, you know, uh, when he was dating uh, um, Nikki, you know what I mean? That, that was a, a crazy thing, you know, and Robert Kraft would be there. You know, and uh, the former Eagle who's up in New England now would, you know, go back and forth and eat each other's French flies with this dude. With, I forget the guy's name, man. Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, the safety. Uh, the safety, yeah, green hair. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, it. so it, 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 was, it became interesting because at that point, I hadn't watched a game as a fan for like 10 years, you know? And right behind me, coincidentally, I know you said you want to talk about this, sat Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons' father and his mom, you know? So, you know, the journalist in me is still ticking. So, you know, I would go up and we would talk, you know? And um, very cool people, you know, very cool people. It seemed like there was some underlying going on. Um, And I didn't know if it was positive or negative. You know, and you know, all this time his his sister would be at the games too. You know, um, basically taking taking advantage of the spotlight that her brother's affording her. You know, what I mean, not in a bad way. You know, I understand why family members do that at times. You know, but um, you know, over time, you know, I I'm not covering the team at all, and I'm speaking to the players, getting them that. You know, what I mean, as a fan, you know, it just. It felt crazy being on the sideline like that, you know. So after the games, you know, I'm seeing everybody, you know, all the uh, journalists, 
you know, go go back into the pressers and I'm like, man, I'm going home. You know what I mean? I got a beer in my hand. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, what's up, Elton? <laughs> but I got a beer in my hand. I'm not talking to him, you know, as that 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 writer anymore. And so it, it got weird for me for a while. You know, it, it, it came out on Facebook, you know, uh, the bitterness, you know, in my uh, posts, you know, I was posting all the time just about social ills, you know, so that, that let me connect with that side of it, you know, just the humanity side of it. You know, obviously what I do as a journalist, I try to you know, humanize the athletes so we understand the stories um, so they can be the soul models that we need them to be. Um, you know, so all of this, this stuff was happening, man. And, um, you know, my, my, my girl got cancer, you know what I mean? And double mastectomy, hysterectomy, you know, the whole, the whole thing, having to watch that, you know? Um, so you, you talked about wisdom earlier, you know? The wisdom is, is there. I'm a different writer now. You know, it, it's fun for me. Writers write. You know, I was seeing all my friends go from becoming writers to being pundits, you know, on TV. And I'm like, yo, what, what happened to the writing? You know, the, the whole blogosphere is where all the writing came out of. The, the good writing came out of the blogosphere. And it was able to meld with the mainstream outlets. And you're seeing like Mike Florio, you know, um, uh, Wojo, you know, they all came from blogs, you know. So, um, but, you know, uh, my thing is, like you said, I never wanted to compromise anything. I didn't have bikinis and, and, and alcohol on my blog, you know. I wanted to just be organic, you know. Maybe that was an era. You know, because, you know, the, the block did blow up. We won some awards. Um, you know, shout out to D.K. Wilson. I think still think he's the most gifted writer ever lived. Um, you know, we, we were doing some things. But, you know, all this time, you know, what I was doing was I was taking it all in, you know, from the athletes, from from the administration, from the owners, um, from the fans, um, from my family members who were critical at times that, you know, I have to take that um and, and all things so i am now ready to to write again like i i, I get I, I get up like 3 30 4 o'clock in the morning they can't wait to write you know and, and i haven't had that itch in a long time, long time you know so this is why I'm, that's why i'm pumping out all, all those articles man i got a couple a couple more coming tonight i got one talking about steph you know why isn't he really in the goat discussion um, and then I got one talking about uh, why Paul George is such a target, you know. So, um, um but, but definitely, but definitely, I'll say I'll, I'll definitely advise my audience to look out for those and and to follow you online, and and we'll we'll do we'll we'll do all that at the towards the end. But I wanted to go over some of the place the pieces that you've already published, uh, some of those, and uh, you know, starting with the. Ben Simmons piece. I put the link up in our comments already. Uh, the title is, uh, is there a deeper story going with the Philadelphia 76ers enigmatic start? I, I just want to read this quick ex excerpt uh, towards the end of this piece. 
uh, in the year, yeah, this is, uh, of course, Mike writing, in the year of examining mental health and pro sports to shine away from what could be obvious reasons for a lack of success, let's have the convos, the same convos the sports world had with Naomi Osaka, Shakari Richardson, and Simone Biles. The fans deserve a chance to understand just a little more thoroughly the players driving a love for the game. There's more to this Ben Simmons story, and while the summation of X's and O's won't break Simmons' bones, not having the correct combos will never help him. So, you know, pretty much that's the heart of the piece, I would I would guess, in, in, in your opinion, that we're not having the right conversation with in regards to Ben Simmons. It, it seemed like the conversation pretty much is centered around getting him the hell out of Philadelphia. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask you about that as well. Do you think that needs to happen? But, you know, at first, you know, if you just want to explain, uh, you know, go beyond those thoughts that I, like I said, that I read from your piece right there. Um, so me being a reporter, you know, not going to J school uh, or coming up in traditional newsrooms, you know, I'm a blogger. A blogger, and I lucked up, and we were the first blog to be credentialed by the NFL and the NBA. You know, so I was seen differently. Um, it, it was it was a push from my journalist friends, Jamel Hill, Scoop Jackson, Bamani Jones, um, David Aldridge, Dan Levertard. You know, what I did to find out about journalism and go to J School was to interview all of all of these journalists you know um it was very extensive interviews they were you know, two and three hours long it would take me 24 hours to transcribe these things you know i had i was putting in the work you know what i mean the, the work it is what makes the wisdom work you know so you know me having um those conversations with journalists and and then when they would see me get off an elevator at the finals, they were like, yo, how you get here? <laughs> you know, y'all help get me here. You know, I mean, they were mentioning my name in, in articles. Of, um, you know, um, ESPN did this thing called blog, uh, blog something. And, you know, they would feature the starting five all the time. Um, you know, it, it, it was cool, but it, then all the celebrity things start happening. You know, that, that was my intention as well to interview anybody and everybody. And I started going to a bunch of charity events and uh, linking up with publicists and managers and agents and family members and, um, you know, building relationships with people, you know, just genuine relationships with them. And, and that's how my, my, my phone has been filled up. Um, you know, but it, it was it was a calculated thing to, to do the journalism interviews and to go to all the charity events uh, to make the connections to become the insider that that I am. You know, um, the thing with Sports Kita is they have uh, they're youngsters, but they, they got a, a very gifted staff. Like this was a three month interview process. Um, I, I saw the advantage of me um, not only talking to America. Um, but speaking to the world, this is the Indian website, you know. So I'm getting opinions from 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 Indians, and it's a it, it's it's causing my perspective to be expanded, 
You know, I mean, this is a whole world out there. Like, if you were to go to Africa and listen to hip hop, it sounds all like the 90s, like the same beats, same flow, everything. It's so beautiful. You know, the, the world is looking at basketball now and, and, and seeing something that is just starting to just, um, just roll across the entire world um, like an empire. You know, this is what basketball was coming. It's like a new thing. India is trying to grasp on to um, this sport in America and uh, seeing and hearing the perspectives of their people is, you know, it's, it's great for me. You know, I, if I don't ever write for America outlet again, I'm cool. And it's not even a diss, but it's just, it's a different type of, of language. I'm not talking about the, the Indian language. I'm talking about the the way they talk, the the the, the how the deadlines are formed. You know the the attention to detail. Um, like if if I wanted to write six or seven articles a day, they wouldn't let me do it. You know <laughs> that's how much they want it, and I'm trying to give it to them. You know I'm really trying to give it to them because again, you know, like if you can fit like ten. Uh, Americas in Africa. I'm saying that that just shows you how small we really are to the world. You know, if you go to Sports Kids website, I mean, you see a bunch of cricket and uh, WWE and MMA and you know all those type of things. You know, Um, that's that's how I came familiar with the site before you got on. There was yeah coverage of WWE and. uh, MMA and stuff like that. Like it, it's a yes, yeah, like it's a truly international website. And and but and with you writing for them, it seems like it, it makes more sense to me the way that you've approached these early uh posts that you've made. It seems like you're really playing the role in a lot of ways of a tr- uh, maybe a translator or, or at least an educator exactly. for these other nations and you know as well as you know, like the, doing the traditional role of a, a columnist or, or 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 a current day writer, or a writer focusing on the current day stuff, you're also providing a lot of history and and historical context to the stuff that you're writing. Yeah, because the conversation is different. It's not all about the debate. It's really not. Like they don't care about who the goat is. <laughs> they don't care. They don't, and I I love it. I love it. it. This is almost like me being a coach again. You know, when I was coaching sports uh, for the majority of my life, you know what I mean? It, that was for the love. I fell out of love of sports because of all of this bullshit going on in this nation. Like, you don't hear Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, you know, for everything. That's where it seems like the whole sports thing comes from uh, – either a love or hatred of LeBron uh, coming out of the decision, you know? Yeah. The, de- the decision is what is now, they're going on their second billion-dollar TV deal. And everybody was like, oh, shit, I thought people didn't like the NBA, right? But then when they announced this new deal, I tried to tell everybody, the global expansion coming out of the lockout is starting to form. You know, whoever was barnstorming in 
uh, specific countries. You know, uh, a couple that, need, that stayed in there longer. I think it was J.R. Smith and Kenya Martin stayed in China even after the lockout ended. You know, that was yeah. brand marketing for the NBA. And now their fans, you know, the ones who saw these players in their countries up close for like the first time ever, you know, now they clamor for the sport that they get to be, that they got to be up close and, and personal with. You know, so I'm, I'm being their eyes right now. What I'm doing right now is giving them a lot of uh, the quotes and relationships that I have with, uh, you know, former basketball players, current basketball players, uh, coaches. Again, as you say, to, to be like a almost like a gateway to them, you know, and to show yeah. them organically what this sport, which I call soul rock soul, you know, um, I can show them what it is outside of an argument. I don't want to argue. The argument was beginning to give me anxiety, man. You know, it was, <laughs> it, you know I'm watching this ESPN, whatever, and I'm doing something. I'm hearing Stephen A. screaming and hollering, you know, and I'm, I'm like, what, 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 <laughs> come on, man. What, what is this? You know, I mean, I know Stephen A. from Philadelphia. You know, I, yeah, I, I so say, I, I'm sure you go back with him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just would be on throw and, and talk to talking to him, and all the fans would come down and want to take pictures with him. I was so proud of this dude. You know, I, I, that's okay. He, he hosted. He hosted Jimmy Kimmel last night. That's a, that's I how heard. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's 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 what's up, man. You know. Um, you know, I'm very critical of the brother at times. Um, okay, it, it, because it's like an outside looking in thing. It's like an inside looking out thing at times. You understand what I'm saying? You know, um, uh, when you know too much about sports and you see behavior by its stars, you know, it's it's hard to process at times. You yeah. know, so. Um, like I said, I had to back away because the knowledge it was like too much. I knew too much. You know? uh, I'm gonna let my I'm gonna let my guys jump in with a couple of questions. To say, but I, for, before that, I want to to throw out another post that you wrote and and going into that area of historical value and and sort of educating as well as informing. You wrote about Hank Bias and uh, Len Bias and Hank Gathers recently, and. Uh, how their depths impacted the NBA's power forward position. And what it, it's it's amazing to think about the way that they played the game. Like I like I was like five, I think, when when Gathers died. I, I really can't give much on bias that hasn't been reported by others. When Gathers died, all I remember the first thing I remember is like the home the, the TV movie about his life and stuff, you know. So I, I, that's a little bit just before me when I really got into basketball. But I've, you know, I've seen, of course, I've, I've watched them play in highlights and everything. And you know, there was those were some amazing, you know, the the, th the things that they did. Bias, of course, in Maryland and gathers with Loyola Marymount. There's a you know pretty good thirty for thirty on the Loyola Marymount uh, late eighties teams and gathers gathers and. You know, it's they like the the way that, like I say, they impacted the way that big men played the game of basketball. Period, and it seems like to this day, you you got athletic big men who are trying to do things that they did really easily. 
you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Uh, see, man, the, the, the joy of you is you reminded me of something that I wanted to put in this piece. Okay. I wanted to compare the development of Kawhi Leonard, you know, to what would have happened to uh, Len Bias on a smaller scale, but Hank Gathers on a bigger scale because he was so versatile. He could get to spots through his athleticism and strength, but he really hadn't developed like that, the, the ability to put the ball on the floor or, or anything like that. He was just winning because he had brute strength. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was a tremendous athlete. You know, he was able to dominate bigger men because in a way like a, a like a, a middleweight could pin a heavyweight in wrestling. That's how he was doing his thing. Len Bias was, I used to call him the bigger Jordan. You know, Michael was the little Jordan to me. That's how amazing Len Bias was, even comparative to Michael Jordan when they would play each other. I mean, he was you, you you saw uh, the greatness that is now LeBron James and Len Bias back then. You know, um, you know, talking to Spencer Haywood all the time. Like I love talking to these old heads like that, man, because they really give me the view of the game that I don't have. And you know, him talking about uh, Len Bias was just so great to me. You know. I hated the Celtics. I'm from Philly. I'm sorry. I hated the Celtics. Sure. <laughs> I hated them. But it was a hurt piece when he died. I, I remember where I was standing, you know, looking at my parents' TV in the den. It was 1986, 87. Um, and the same thing with, with Hank. I'm sitting down in Chili's after watching this horrible movie and – I'm sitting down, I, the, the beer's coming, I can't wait to eat these wings that my friend had never eaten wings before. I'm not sure how to eat wings. And I, I see that the oop, and then I see him fall to his right, almost like he was standing on the side of a wall. That's how he fell. And I said, yo, that don't look right. But we all knew that, you know, previously he had passed out at the foul line. So yeah. we were all fearful for him. He, We thought he was cool. Medication came and we thought everything was cool, but apparently he was weaning himself off this medication and that might have uh, have killed him. But, you know, the Carl the, the Malone thing, you know, he could have been with the right tutelage and you know, teaching to, to get him to... Um, uh, kind of develop a, a jump shot. You know, the jump shot would have been a continuation of all of his weapons um, that he would have murdered people inside with, you know. So if he, if he got a jumper, he just would have been an incredible player. Len Bias, I, I, I looked at him like plastic man. You know, he, he was just able to get to anywhere on the court with, with terrible ease. So you were seeing something special to me that I hadn't seen until I watched Kobe in high school. Mm. From from Lynn Bias to Kobe Bryant, I, I didn't see any talent like that. You know, it was he, he was just but he, he would do it with a smile, but then he 
he was so mean. Like I, I put in this piece uh, an article, an interview that I did with Adrian Branch, who was my favorite player um, in college basketball growing up. You know, for so me getting a chance to interview him was great, as if I was talking with Chuck D. Right. So you know, he's telling me all kinds of things about Lynn Bias. You know, and uh, his nickname Frosty and how they were rivals. You know, they didn't know each other because TV was different back then. You know, and then they got a chance to be on each other's uh, team. You know, they said, look, we ain't going to fight. We're going to do this for three years. And, you know, he, he, he was just privy to the the greatness of, of this kid. You know, with this, like I, I, like I think I said in a piece, you know, he had a magic smile with uh, Jordan's flair. Um, you know, we, we were really robbed of a generational, uh, not just an athlete, but a, but a personality. And you know him him going to Boston, you know, and basically taking over for Larry Bird would have been incredible. I would have hated it, but it would have been incredible. <laughs> then, then Boston, you know, it goes through the same thing with Reggie Lewis later on. You know, it's, it's yeah, it was it was bad. It was weird. It was ominous. It was I, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 just it, it's really like dumbfounding, like the tragedy, and it's you know dual tragedies too because you had. Just the tragedy of what we lost as sports fans and, and basketball, you know, lovers of basketball, being able to see what he would have done on the court, and but and there was also the tragedy of the the overplay that our politicians and stuff made in in reaction to that death and the things that they've done to you know to affect uh, drug laws and everything mandatory you know, uh, uh, mandatory sentences and all this stuff, you know, trying to act like they were being proactive. Specifically that, the mandatory sentence right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, it's, 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 like I say, twin tragedies and stuff that, uh, you know, definitely if if you're if you're into basketball, you should take, you know, really look at that era and think about, you know, study it and think about the changes that came across in society at that time, you know, uh, there were quite a few players who got into the league who got busted on drug cases and stuff, and they got kicked out the league. And it was really a, a, an interesting, it was really an interesting sort of semi-tragic time. But you, it was a, it was underneath everything that was happening with this blossoming of Magic and and Larry and Michael and stuff and. But it was an under. It was. A, it was like it was the underside of that, and you know, it, it really affected a lot of things that's gone forward. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. It was just a great time for me because the the beginning of hip hop, you know, the discovery of Public Enemy, uh, you know, and then then there's just basketball. It, it went from from Georgetown to no, it went from Louisville versus Duke in like '87, then it went to. Uh, to Georgetown, all over the place. Then it was UNLV. Um, then it was the Fast Five. Then it was uh, Ron Mercer and them at, at Kentucky. You know, Kentucky, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna let my guys jump in with a uh, with a question or two. Uh, what, yeah, what y'all got? So you you spoke earlier about losing the love, and I had a similar situation where I kind of different reasons, of course, just not really writing and, and tapping into that part of me that. Um, you know, I've come to rediscover again. Uh, I found it kind of in the, in the Last Dance documentary last year, and I wonder what it, what was it for you? Was it a moment? Was it a 
uh, something that happened? What was it that kind of got you back in? It was the last dance. It was the last dance. Okay. Because, uh, mm. um, and there's a, always a love of this guy, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You know, so, yeah, it, it was the last dance. Everybody was cooped up in the house, man. It was hard for me not to see my girl, man. I call her little sexy. You know what I'm saying I needed to see Lil Sexy and I wasn't seeing Lil Sexy. You know? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm over here. I was tripping out a little bit, man. But uh, but then you began, you began to adapt. Uh, I went from smoking, you know, the whole time, you know, everybody's a quarantine to, to just cold turkey, quitting that, uh, and, and just really focusing on, <coughs> excuse me, getting my mind right again. You know, uh, th there was a, a, a big adjustment. I, yo, know, I kind of thugged out these first couple articles that I wrote for Sports Kiva. I wasn't writing at all after I was done this book and it's in the editing process. Now, I stopped writing completely. You know, there was nothing. I, I would maybe put if if he saw maybe seven hundred words on Facebook or Instagram. I mean, th that was a lot, but that was more banter in my style, not not in the, my writing style. Um, so I completely stopped. But, you know, once I did this, and, and they were very challenging, they, they were very demanding of me, you know, because, you know, I, I negotiated a, a pretty good deal. You know, so they want me to make sure that I do what I got to do for that deal. Sure. And it, it, But it became a melding of ambitions, you know, Um you know, I, I just feel reborn it because I'm away from Kobe versus LeBron. You know what I'm saying? I'm away from that. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if y'all understand how damaging that really is to someone. I love my people. I always support my people. I write about my people. I prop about my people all the time, everywhere I go, unapologetically. I don't care who's talking to me. You know what I'm saying? I love my people. That's it. So when, when I'm seeing these things, and um, it, it was hard for me to get to them. So what happened was Clubhouse happened. And so I, I would go in specific Clubhouse rooms and hear the craziest things, like Tracy McGrady is the GOAT. <laughs> yeah. Right? But I, I began to realize it's all about your eye view. So whoever said Tracy McGrady was the greatest, that's who he grew up watching. Mm. Tracy mm -hmm. McGrady was very gifted. I can see why why somebody will say that if that's what they're watching. Like, you know, Chicago. So, you know, Derek Rose told me that the only basketball he ever uh, watch was Mike and Scotty. So then he has an ambition of becoming the greatest basketball player ever. That's because of his eye view. Scotty and Michael were elite for time. That's all he watched. That's what he, we saw. Uh, uh, this just crazy how uh, their talent, him watching that, you know, kind of metamorphs into that dude. A bigger that dude was a bigger Iverson. I mean, he was just an incredible player. You know. Whenever I just want to get hyped up, I just look at that don't go on tragic. You know what I'm saying? Just, I gotta yeah. see it sometimes. You know, I got I gotta see it. You know what I mean? He 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 crossed up Andre Miller here 
and I was at the game and I turned around and my son was at, you know, right behind press row and he had his hands over his mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was, uh, at the time, he was the most athletic uh, point guard to ever come into the league. Mm-hmm. And what I think would have happened if Derrick Rose did not get hurt, I don't know if the ascendance of Steph Curry would have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're, you're again, you're, you're getting the continuation of Iverson in roles with a bigger dude and youngest MVP ever, you know, battling LeBron in the heat. You know, I mean, he was an incredible player. He had this this tough coach in Thibodeau, um, you know, but it, it was hard for me. Again, I think this is where the bitterness started because I was talking to, to Derek at half court uh, before a Sixers game. And I just kept seeing this, this feathery jumper out of my you know, periphery here. And it was Joel and B. You know, I'm like, but he wasn't playing yet. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, who is this dude? You know, he was an incredible player. But I was talking to Derek because the media was driving a wedge through them. I could see it. And I, and I wasn't, I'm not even from Chicago. Just in the questions, they were asking him. And I said, yo, this isn't the job for me. It's not the job for me. I don't want to create stories. This is the reason why I clash with a lot of my journalist friends because sometimes uh, uh, journalism is absolved because it's creating stories. That's the whole thing. You create the story. So if the story's not true, it's going to clash with me. If the conversation is is just very uh, moronic and menial and whatever, it's going to clash with me. I don't know if y'all saw the Malice in the Palace uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, when Ron said he was, he didn't like people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I didn't like people, man. I didn't, I didn't like people. You know, I'm like, yo, you're, you're stupid as fuck right now. Like, what are these conversations that we're having right now while all of these owners in every genre are just sitting back with their feet up on the table? You know, while we're talking about the dumbest things, like I stopped talking about uh, the lack of black coaches because I said, this is the thing. We aren't having the conversations, the right conversations, because ownership isn't commenting on why they aren't hiring black coaches. They are the only ones with the answers. So when all the punditry and fans and everybody's talking about the lack of black coaches, you don't have the information. The only information is had by the owners. So like I'm saying it, it's like, why are we scrambling here like ants and rats when, you know, we should be directing our fury and whatever up to the ownership and holding them accountable. This thing that fans have to be fans of the team that they follow and they can't go outside the parameters of that is some bullshit. Okay, because if a team is going to uh, patronize me and insult my intelligence year after year, I'm out. But fans say, "Oh, you got to stay. You got to stay. You got." That's where the tribalism comes in. So when you start to see how things form, 
you begin to have a, a different view and you just try to go outside of it as much as you can to kind of find a niche. So I feel like I found a niche now in, in sports keto. You know, it's a three month contract. It's a short term contract. I don't know what's going to happen after that three months, but um, me getting my senses back, my legs back, if you will, um, is a good thing because uh, I, I just love the right man, I, and I have to kind of represent um, all of those uh, historical writers, you know, I mean, who have made me who I am. You know, even the John Henry Clarks and the, the Paul Robinsons, you know, the, the John Cheneys. I was John Cheney's last interview before he retired. These dudes all give me wins. I'm being able to talk with Chuck D and Spencer Haywood. I can't stop, won't stop because of them. They reached back to me. I became, if you know anything about uh, uh, Public Enemy, the Harry Allen pitch up, you know? So this this is what I have to do. And when I, uh, I tried to do the mainstream thing and writing for magazines and, you know, being guest spots in all these newspapers and the Washington Post, New York Times and stuff like that, it did not fulfill me. So I would go to my site and I would write all the conscious stuff. But then I was saying, you know, I want to write a piece about Aaron Rodgers. I want to write a piece about, you know, uh, uh, Andrew Luck or stuff like that. But I felt like if we weren't talking about racial issues in sports, then it was not going to be talked about. You know, it didn't seem like the journalists of the day were interested in speaking about the issues. This is what, again, I was, you know, being confrontational with my my uh, journalism friends because, yo, dude, you got this platform. Work. Why aren't you talking about certain things? Why aren't you saying the exact words police brutality? Like a lot of them were leaving the language out of certain things, you know, and me seeing them and me writing, you know, I'm like, it, the, the truth isn't coming out. You're delaying history by not speaking truth exactly as it is. So what I started to do is hold everybody in my life accountable. If you are bouncing trauma off me, I gotta cut you off. Mm. I didn't care if it was my kids, my girl, other family members, people I love. You know, you all, we all have friends that call us up when they're in some trouble, right? Yo, I'm going some problems with my girl or my dude, you know, and, and you give them advice and they don't take your advice and they end up back with those people. And then a couple months later, they come to you with the same story and you're giving them advice and they're not taking it. No, that stuff is over with. You know what I'm saying this if you're going to be my friend, you're going to be my friend. If you're going to continuously talk about your issues and not have any reciprocity with me, um, that I got to cut you off. Don't take it personal. You know, it's just what it had to be. And what I started to do was gather parts of my soul back. Like it was almost like I was putting myself back together because I was all this space that was used up with everyone else's trauma. When I be began to expand that out of me, you know, I was like, oh, hold up. I'm strong again. You know? I'm not dealing with everybody else's issues. It, it, me and my girl get into it all the time because when things immediately happen, I say, look, baby, we're not going to do this because if we do this, then we're going to be at each other's throat later on or two weeks later. 
you know, so we're going to have conflict resolution immediately. And if it's something that I need to hold myself accountable for, I will fully do that. So it's not just holding everybody else accountable, it's holding myself accountable first. And then, like I said, the wits and the soul um, just become, it came all back to me, man. It was, it almost felt like I was, uh, you, watch, you ever watch the movie Limitless? Yeah. yeah okay, you remember when he took the pill and he walked up and all the color happened? Mm. Okay, that's, the right. that's how I feel right now. It's only because I just took back myself. That's it. You know, just, just think about it. Think about your individual relationships in your life and uh, what's good and what's toxic. What might be toxic, you're not even really understanding that it's toxic. You know, um, just if you, if you just cut them off uh, one by one, one by one, you, you you start to eliminate a lot of stress, you know, and um, you'll be able to perform and be happy, man. I mean, I was I was very bitter. I was bitter about the world because I just felt like I was being a servant to everybody else. Sound like you just got you got your peace of mind back. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a slow, gradual process, but when it clicks, it clicks. Yeah. And people in your life don't understand how you are cutting off a behavior immediately instead of letting it fester. And then there's arguments that happen and disagreements. And you don't even know why you're mad. <laughs> you don't even know why you're mad. But it just, it's just a combination of things that you just aren't noticing. You know, when you start to notice something, you, you see a change in yourself. But it's holding yourself accountable first. First. I'm set up those boundaries that you talked about. Like, you got to protect your peace at all costs. So I can I can yeah. appreciate that. I started smoking yeah. a whole lot of weed again, too. You know what I mean? I ain't going to lie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> make endorphins, hey. endorphins. Make it stronger, stronger. Right? <laughs> Okay. I, I ain't mad at you. I ain't yeah. mad at you. I, I was gonna say though, I, I gave, I already gave this, this ti a title to this episode. I'm kind of thinking of pulling that back now because it, I have to set it up like protect your peace or you know old head wisdom or something because <laughs> this, this has been a different, this has been a different episode. I should have expected as much, you know, putting you on like, but but you know, I I, I, I always love to talk to you and and glean. From your from your experience and your wisdom, and I think you, I'm, I'm so glad that you are feeling the way that you feel right now, that you feel sort of reinvigorated and and enlivened again, and and you know, for, like I say, for you to be putting out the work that you're putting out on on Sports Kita is a is a blessing, and it's something that you know I advise all of all of my listeners and readers to. Uh, you know, take advantage of that. You know, so hopefully you'll be able to keep doing that for a while, and and we can we can all benefit from that. I mean, what I what I do is, man, I write a piece. I go outside. I sit down. I look in the sky. I look in the sky. I breathe. Get some eat. Get some drink. Go to the bathroom. Go back in and write another piece. This is something that I used to write once a week. You know, I'm writing three of them in a day, man. It's crazy for me. But it's something that I have to do for myself. It's the only way I will become uh, the best writer that I need to be and affect change. I have to have no holes because of 
what I speak of. So the, the, the attention to detail in an Ernest Hemingway, Richard Wright, James Baldwin type of way is my focus now. Me talking to Chuck and Spencer is giving me a window to their generation and what happened with them and being able to hear through their speaking to me about the truth of whatever happened and their experiences, whatever it may be, you know, um, it, it, I began to watch a lot of old movies, uh, you know, just, I, I just wanted to really connect to the old soul. I went to this thing where I was, uh, you know, listening to nothing but Donald Byrd, uh, Roy Ayers, um, and Lonnie Liston Smith, you know, Roy Ayers is a friend of mine. He, he gave me some, some great interviews. Um, that's also a seminal moment because Rory Ayers did not care that he was basically being exploited. He loved music, so he did not care what he gave back to it. Uh, people would think that they were stealing the stuff. Right. They thought they were stealing from him, but you know, he was willingly giving it away. And he's a happier person. You know, he loves music. You know, I interviewed him, man, and Rory Ayers sang to me for like 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was crazy. But that whole that, that whole era, the Donald Byrd, um, uh, Onward to Morning is one of my favorite tracks. Donald Byrd. You know, I just get in a car and open the sunroof and let that blow. Um, but yeah, it was reconnecting to the music. Um, I needed that that whole raucous effect. You know what I mean? That most common in Talib, um, high tech. You know what I mean? I, I needed the somehow get that back because you know I, I got it back a little bit Kendrick Lamar and uh J. Cole you know I started listening to uh full clothes a lot um you know Saint Tropez um you know just just um you know Lupe Fiasco just the laid back stuff that he has um uh, Wiz Khalifa you know I, I had to connect because whenever I write a piece I put on the music in the background, whatever the theme is, you know, I, I try to connect it in a way, whether it's a fast, slow, or snow song, or a rock song, or hip hop, or um, soccer climb. Um, this is your night, you know. So I, I get mute. I, I get a lot of music from a lot of things, um, a lot of it's music. But again, I had to shut off the bitterness in my soul uh, to be able to be open to uh, what makes me tick. It's it's a great knowledge, you know, right there, man, and you know, really information uh, that you know we definitely gonna take with us, and uh, you know, we really appreciate you, uh, you know, giving that to us to on this evening, Mike, man. Uh, we gonna wrap, we gonna wrap up, man, because I don't know we could sit here for a few more hours and, and talk to you for real. But man, I, I got two pieces to write anyway, man. I, I yeah, we gotta we gotta we gotta uh, keep it moving, but. But uh, if, if you want to just mention those upcoming pieces that you got coming out again and just tell the people where they could follow you and follow your, your stuff on SportsKeeda. Well, just uh, go to SportsKeeda.com. They, they got an app for it. Um, I, I truly feel this is going to be something that's going to explode, um, especially when I get into Sixers covers. I'm going to cover the Sixers um, every day. I had to make a decision, was it going to be the Eagles or the Sixers? 
You know, uh, because of the Ben Simmons stuff, I, I thought that I made a calculated decision, risk to, to cover the Eagles over Jalen Hurts. You know, it hurt me to not be able to cover that New England-Philadelphia game because uh, um, Cam Newton is one of the guys that I haven't talked to. Um, so I was really wanting to talk to him. You know, I have affinity for black quarterbacks because um, that's my metaphor uh, for life, to be able to speak about them and, and what they do. I have yeah, yet- I, gotta, I, I say, I say, you, you put yourself out on 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 the line with Cam. I, I remember bringing you on to D and Davis, you know, for some Cam discussions, yeah. and, and yeah. me and you have had some good private discussions about Justin Fields. We'll, we'll, I'm gonna have to bring you on a football show coming up. We'll talk. We'll talk I about it, Justin. Man. I miss it. I love football. I'm, I'm gonna hate watching it and not being. In that press box, so y'all be my eyes, man. You doing your thing, um, you know? Be my eyes in there, y'all, please, because I miss it. I miss the <laughs> locker room, all, all that kind of stuff. But I got, I got. It has to be fulfilled in basketball, and I'm cool with that. But, but right, right quick though, before we wrap up, look, because like I said, you're gonna be embedded with the Sixers again, and that's, and you know, like I said, we, we don't want to boil it down just to this, but this is the biggest part of the story. Like what in your in your opinion will Ben Simmons be on that team for opening night? It's it's a weird thing, but I think that he almost has to be. The only thing that is going to derail that at this point, because the free agency is is kind of you know uh, wrapping up, and there isn't like this disgruntled player that's going to fall off a tree uh, that's going to be equal in a trade. Yeah. You know, I'm telling people here right now that who are of this Dame Lillard for for Ben Simmons thing, they crazy. You have three elite defenders in the offensive league. You could change the entire league if it all comes together. The thing is, does Ben Simmons want to play here? I thought it was a red flag when he was at LSU and I was seeing his high – a student percentage, um, but then I saw him in preseason and, and the gifts that he had passing. I like, I want that guy on my team. I, I don't know. I mean, he flies to L.A. during the season. You know, I mean, he he wants to be in L.A. I, I get it. I understand it. He's a globalist. He's not from Philly. He ain't from Chicago. He's he don't think like that. Like they they have a different thought. Him and him and Joel and B might be. Uh, falling out of a plane right this very second. You know, that's what they do. They go across the world and do the things that we should be doing here. So we ain't arguing about LeBron and Michael Jordan. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We bouncing trauma off each other all the time. You know, that's what I'm saying. You know, I can't, yeah. it gives me anxiety. I get claustrophobic. I got to go. You know what I'm saying? I tell my girl now, as soon as you know, see ya. <laughs> and I will come back until. That sunroof is pop, and that whatever music that is, it could be a uh, uh, man Paris hip hop bebop. You know what I'm saying? It could be whatever. It could be some uh, uh, cranberries, zombie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I I love music, and it, it affects me, and that's that's what I want to to give to the world somehow. But, but I can't sing, and I can't play no instrument, so I gotta write it. <laughs> well, I, I was gonna say, I'm gonna say right quick. That is that's. This, there's a real discussion I think that could be had there when you mentioned the the thoughts of 
a globalist or or in some ways a humanist as opposed to what you know the sort of local sort of more enclosed thinking that a lot of us brothers have here in america so and and you know i that that's that's for another show <laughs> but but yeah i i i I, I, I get what you're saying though in the way that that affects uh ben, ben that may affect ben simmons thinking and his outlook on life and the way it may actually it actually may work as a guard for him the criticism that he's giving it it, it it definitely is i'm trying to tell philadelphia fans yo look y'all out there eating horse poop okay so y'all have shouldn't have any perspective about anybody that's going on in any anybody's life you know this is not uh, to hold ben simmons accountable this is just to say hold up y'all aren't you sick of will chamberlain being traded charles barkley being traded Alan Iverson being traded, Andre Iguodala being traded. Now you want to trade a 6'10 dude who's 25, who's probably going to be top five all time in triple doubles. And as you saw in the Atlanta series, Trey Young shot five for 23 in that game seven. He shot like 32% for the entire series. Bennett was guarding him. He was able to get to that three at the key and deflect it. Why are you thinking about trading some? I don't give a damn what's going on in Ben Simmons' head. If you want to fly to LA and, and do whatever, yo, dude, we need you here because you and Joe MB can be something dangerous if you develop your game. You're seeing in these workouts how he's shooting 34 threes and all, all these things. I need him to do that. But the Sixers organization also in holding him accountable has to understand that you got to put the right pieces around a talent like that. If he goes to Golden State, that dynasty is back. It, it is back. He's driving to the middle of the floor and dishing out to the perimeter of all these dudes that can shoot. How many assists would he average? It'd be Draymond Green 2.0. Yeah. And he's 6'10 and way more athletic. Mm -hmm. yeah. You learn everything from him. I don't want this kid to go nowhere. I'm being very selfish. I'm being Daffy Duck within the, in the oyster shell. Mine, 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 all mine. You know what I'm saying? It, it, this, this Ben Simmons piece has been mentioned all week on the uh, ESPN radio here, um, and they've talked about it. So people are understanding different things about Ben Simmons now. All I said was this. We don't know what's going on in his personal life. If you found out that somebody was molesting your sister when she was three years old, how would that affect you at 25 years old? Okay, so what I saw was his game fell off a cliff after the announcement of that in April. I think it was April 21st. The only outlet that posted something about it was the New York Post. So again, I'm looking on the outside, right? I'm looking as a, a reader now. I'm not, I'm, I really weren't, wasn't writing anything. And I'm saying, so I have to write this. I, I have to write it. And it, I'm catching some barbs a little bit. People saying, especially I'm here in Philly, they saying, no, I don't, we don't care about that. We, we care about the floor and that's it. There's more to this. We're gonna have some athletes that's gonna fall through the cracks. 
and I spoke about the aforementioned, you know, the, the small bows and, and everybody else. You know, every athlete is not going to go through the same things that we go through the same way. You know, so we got to kind of cut them people's slack and allow them to get over what they ever need to go through. But I think it's going to be too late here in Philadelphia. I think that it, the, the relationship is severed with the fan and Ben Simmons. I think that they will probably throw something at him uh, in these games. Seriously. You know, it's ridiculous to me, but I think that it's going to happen. But I don't know what's going to happen on September 28th when camp opens. I'm going to be there as media day and see what happens. I hope that the brother's here, and I hope that this could be some type of success story. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm just tired of my city feeding the nation uh, to championships. Tired yeah. of you, you, yeah, you really hit it on the head, though. Look, the less list in that history. I never thought of that. Like all y'all big guys, except for Dr. J, because he was traded there. But they, tried traded to there. they tried to they, trade. They tried to trade. They tried to trade it too. <laughs> they traded Maurice Cheeks. He found yeah. out uh, from a journalist, Michael Barkhan, in his driveway that he was traded to the Nets. Mm-hmm. You know, they traded Moses Malone. Yeah. And for Jeff Ruland, Jeff Ruland played six games here. So what happened? It began a trend of these stiff big men that we had that was always getting hurt. <laughs> and our, you know, the, the, the whole team was just so cash-strapped that they couldn't do anything. But what I'm saying is we have to hold the front offices accountable. If you're just talking about the players, you're not holding the front offices accountable. And it, it, some, some of these dudes is just straight stupid. I'm not speaking about anybody specifically right now. I'm talking about in the past that they've just been allowed to fester in these bad decision-making and putting uh, age caps on players because their evaluation system was so fouled up that they didn't understand the player that they had in front of them. Yeah. This all this thing that's this insulation for for these front offices is ridiculous. And then you got a guy like Troy Weaver that finally gets a job in Detroit right, after he just been sitting under Sam Presley like some slave. All right, y'all. I'm sorry. Let's just leave it at that, man. Let's just leave it. See, let me say that this is the reason why I'm with Sports Keita because I can tone myself down a little bit. I don't have to give them all of me. I'm just giving them the knowledge of my mind. That's it. I'm not giving them anything. I don't have to speak about white supremacy. I'm, 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 I'm I'm in India with a laptop, basically. It's a whole different thing. Whatever you, whatever you focus on, or whatever you approach, man. Like I said, you, you, it's it's a benefit to us that we get your opinion and your thoughts on it, man. So, Absolutely. you know, definitely we are gonna keep trying to feed off your energy here with what we do, and uh, you know, keep just I'll say keep putting pressure on them, big, big Mike, man. Keep putting pressure on them, and we gonna try to feed off of that energy and do what we can do as well, man. I got you, uh, you know what I'm saying? Bring me on anytime. Y'all can hit me up anytime, man. Just uh we I, I definitely I'm, I'm glad to know that you you're gonna be following the Sixers like you are. Like like I said, this is a basketball show, so we definitely gonna keep you on. Uh get back to you, I should say, to uh you know, talk about them and, and other stuff in the league as as the season uh unfolds, this upcoming season unfolds. And yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to to that, man. 
Yep. Thank you, brother. So, because okay. I will, I will be that window. I will find out what's going on with Ben Simmons. I, I will. I, I definitely. I, I, no, I, I have no doubt you will. I have no doubt you will. But uh, we gonna sign off that for. Like I said, this has been a unique episode of Running the World. It's been a great one. Yeah. And I'm delirious, y'all. My bad. I'm delirious <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, man, yeah, no, man. You you were great. You were great. Yeah. Mike, the one and only Mike Artillery, Drew Stevens, right there. You see the tag there. Look what Drew did. Follow him on Twitter and IG. Same for Joshua M. Hicks. Uh, like I said, they got their episode. They they talk. They talked amongst each other on on Josh's show in the scope. You could you could watch that and listen to that now on our platforms, and uh, we'll be back. We like I said we we we'll, we'll I, maybe we will be back next week. I can't I can't <laughs> uh, uh, I, I don't know. We'll we'll try to be back soon. Like I said, this is a little bit of a downtime, but uh, you know when news breaks, we gonna we we definitely gonna jump on it. You know, say be it a, a Ben Simmons trade if it comes out of nowhere or something with Laurie marketing. I don't know. We'll, but we'll see. Like, so we're we, we just going to lay in the cut for a little bit here for this next month. But by the time the camps come back around and stuff, we're going to definitely uh, get back into high focus the league and uh, and this goings on as uh, after we get back to this new season. But uh, like I say basketball never stops and neither do us here running with war and neither does the band Michael Tillery. We don't stop. We can't stop. And uh, in the meantime, we're going to keep bouncing. And uh, that's it for now, y'all. Y'all be cool out there. Stay safe. And um, yeah, stay vigilant. Stay awoke. Stay woke. <laughs> Hell yeah. Be peace, y'all. Be peace. Peace. Yes, sir. We out. All right.